This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. Hey there, Casey listeners. Can you believe it? We're at the grand finale of the Kitchen Confession Podcast. And let me tell you, it's been one heck of a flavor-packed ride since our very first episode back in 2018. We've spilled the beans and sometimes even the tea on all the crazy, hilarious, and heartwarming moments that go down behind those kitchen doors. So, for our last hurrah, we whipped up a tasty compilation of the juiciest, the messiest, and the most unforgettable kitchen confessions that have graced our show. Part of the reason I started the podcast was to help us get comfortable in the kitchen, not take ourselves too seriously. And this is why I asked each guest to share a little kitchen confession with us. So whether you're a culinary genius or even a microwave magician, these stories have united us in our love for all things edible and the hilarious mishaps that come with it. Get those headphones ready because this finale is a buffet of laughter, nostalgia, and a whole lot of, oh, that happened to me too moments. Let's dive in. This is about the time where I ask all my guests for their kitchen confession. Do you have one that you can share with us? There's one I touched base on in the book, which was the first time I tried to make a healthy pie on Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) <laughs> and it was like the best healthy... time to try a new <laughs> recipe right <laughs> it was like my first time really contributing to thanksgiving dinner too mm-hmm. and my sisters were home from university so they were like really looking forward to a home-cooked big dinner mm-hmm. and i decided to make a crustless pumpkin pie which it ended up being like a jello of pumpkin <laughs> It was honestly the only one who ate it was my mom because she's my mom and she didn't want me to be upset. <laughs> did she give you the? Oh, this is good. She did. She did. <laughs> and to this day, my sisters bring it up. Like, remember when you tried to make a healthy pumpkin pie? I'm like, okay. <laughs> Jello pumpkin pie. A Jello pumpkin pie. I wish you could have saw it. It like jiggled. <laughs> Many years ago, when my sister and I were probably like in our teens. And we thought that we knew how to cook, but we didn't necessarily know that much. And we uh, there we had a we had a party. It might have been New Year's or something like that. And we thought we thought we were going to make this fancy dinner, and it was something that we didn't really know what we were doing. And then my sister, she had this recipe, and it said something about stock, and we didn't have stock, so she went and she got the she bought the powdered stuff, but we never used that stuff. And so. She put like when they say like put in this much stock, she, <laughs> she put in that much powder. <laughs> so, oh, no. so, I didn't actually do it, but I was there and I saw and I didn't think anything of it until we tasted the food. And the, it was just like the whole effing dinner was just like, no, that's garbage. We're going to foam for a pizza. I'm going to interrupt this game and bring back one more kitchen confession <laughs> that I don't know if I've ever told anyone other than maybe two of our friends. Oh, I'm listening. When we first got married and we didn't have a dishwasher, so we washed the dishes every night. I actually wore dishwashing gloves because I hated, (laughs) I hated getting wrinkly fingers and I hated touching like 
yucky food in water and like gross so i wore i wore the gloves i i am dainty that way <laughs> okay so <laughs> well um and it's funny because it's almost like i know better but then i still did it anyways so i was making the the you know the trendy mushroom coffee and i put a bunch of like you know superfoods and stuff in there and i blend it up and i didn't want to get out my big vitamix which has a nice venting system because you can put very hot liquids in there so mm -hmm. i decided to use my little mini magic bullet that i bought for small things like this well oh, no. the hot water was a little too hot <laughs> and mm -hmm. I was blending it and I don't know if anyone knows what happens when you put hot hot water in a blender that doesn't have a ventilation system oh yeah it exploded like I'm talking blinds ceilings cupboards stove like fridge you name it like I don't I think it even ended up on the kitchen table like it was everywhere and I was like and uh, not to mention the comp I was completely covered and this is as I'm getting ready to go to work it was quite it was quite the disaster <laughs> so, oh no I'm so sorry yeah. I'm laughing no it, it's actually very funny because you know what things like that they can be cleaned up it's a little annoying because you still find like remnants of it like months later you're like oh I guess I missed the spot <laughs> okay so my kitchen confession is that we have kitchen fires probably way too often. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, it's all been okay all the time, but like, it's, it's something that you think like, if you cook a lot, you're beyond like, oh, that part, there are flames in the <laughs> oven. Um, I mean, it can, and all the recipes are safe to make. It was just silly errors on my part. I think it was the second week that we started the blog or we hadn't started yet, or we were just trying to work out how are we going to like, how are we going to do this photography and how we, whatever. Mm. Um, and I had, I had non bread in the, under the broiler and our broiler is pretty fiery and I forgot about it. And I came over and I looked in the oven and like literal flames. Mm -hmm. We were like, what do we do? I mean, there are like, you open it up and it's like, Oh, oh crap. Like close the oven door. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? Like, how are we going to get this out? Like, you can't, we, you know, we turned it off, but it's flaming and it was flaming more. And then we realized that we didn't have a fire extinguisher. And you thought, so this is my kitchen tip. Make sure you have a fire extinguisher because you never know when something's going to kind of start flaming. And my dad had, we had moved in kind of recently and my dad had said, oh, make sure you get a fire extinguisher for the kitchen. Make sure you, and we didn't. And then of course, I'm just sitting here like, oh my God, what do we do? This is on fire. How are we going to get this out? And I was thinking, oh, my dad was right. We just <laughs> got around to getting a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Um, I mean, we ended up like Jack opened it really quick and like walked it carefully, like kind of walked it carefully out the back door and, mm -hmm. and put it out. But I was imagining like this flames going, I'm like, are they going to catch on the cabinetry? Is it going to like spread? Yeah. So yeah. that was the, that was like the beginning of our blog. We're like, great. We have like love and lemons and fires. <laughs> Well, I once had to, I made a cake. The cake came out perfect. Everything was great. I started stacking it. I was about uh -huh. to do, and I iced it. Everything was great. Started doing the fondant. And I don't know if it was the weather. It was really hot that day. I don't think we had our AC in or whatever. The cake, the fondant started bubbling. No. And I was like, oh my God, what is happening? And the cake started sweating. And I was like, oh, oh my God, I'm hot. The cake is hot. What is happening? It was, oh my God, I, I think I started crying. I didn't know what to do. No. Yeah. And like, once you rip the fondant off, the icing comes off. The cake is not as smooth anymore. So you got to go back. You got to do it again. Well, at least you got topping for ice cream. 
<laughs> it was just like I was just like I was like oh my god that's the first time I found out that cakes sweat and I was like oh my god, like beads of sweat on and it I was like look because you see the fondant like you see that it's like sweating and you're like what is happening and you see it like bubbling and you're like oh my god this is not happening to me right now and I was like oh my god yeah 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 that was that was that was you could ask my parents I started crying I was like what is oh. happening yeah oh my gosh lessons learned Thank God your clients don't watch us while we pick. Yeah, I'm, like I'm actually a really, 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 really messy cook, and I've gotten better over the years. But uh, I always used to joke: if you've ever watched the Muppet <laughs> Show and seen the Swedish Chef off the Muppet yeah. Show, and he's like, work, 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 and he's like, stuff is flying everywhere, and there's like literally like that kind of me. Charles looks at this and I say, "What happened? Like, what? How? How did you do this?" So I'm better now. Um, Charles is quite a clean cook. He's a, he's an incredible cook. Um, my husband. So, so yeah, that's, I guess that's my, my kitchen confession. I, I just, I can, I can, you know, blame it on the kids because they have the kids and, oh, look at the mess the kids made, but it's actually me. They're, they're probably really clean next to me. <laughs> so this is the part where I ask every single guest to share with me or to share with us your kitchen confession. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Everyone giggles right after it. They're like, okay, which one should I tell? That's kind of it, right? Oh, no. So there's two, I think. There's two, really, probably. Um, so one is my personal um, Instagram is Nicole Burns Food. And that's, there's two reasons. One is because my partner's name is Burns and my, and my children, their names are Burns. But then, unfortunately, even though we talk about food waste and foods and being sustainable, and I, it is really important to me. The thing is, um, I hate clutter in the kitchen. So I have, instead of having a toaster and a toaster oven, I have just a toaster oven. And I used to have this cheap toaster oven. And because I worked from home most days, I would get really hungry and then I'd make toast in this toaster oven, but I'd be too impatient to wait for it to toast. And the timer on it or whatever was just not very sensitive. And I basically burnt toast like every day. And the kids <laughs> would come home and I'd be toast outside on the front porch, like black, right? <laughs> Because <laughs> I couldn't have it in the house because all the smoke alarms would be going off. And uh, yeah. um, my daughter wrote a whole story about mummy burns who burns the food. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would pay to read that. <laughs> and then probably one of my other favorite ones is I moved to, I lived in England for my 20s. And in England, when I lived there, they did not celebrate Thanksgiving. So I decided I was going to host a really fabulous Thanksgiving for my friends to introduce them to the concept of Thanksgiving. And my first year, I invited like 10 or 12 people. But of course, I didn't have any dishes. I didn't have a blender. I didn't have any equipment because like I just moved there from Canada. I had no money. So I went to like what was the equivalent of like um, like the Salvation Army or, um, mm -hmm. you know, a charity shop. And I, I bought a few things that I really had to have. And um also, they didn't really traditionally serve pumpkin pie. So I had to actually buy a pumpkin, which cost a fortune because it was so rare. I had to like, mm -hmm. find a place to find a pumpkin. Bought this pumpkin. I had to make a pumpkin pie from scratch and the turkey. And I'd never actually made a turkey by myself either. So, and I think if you know, like in England, most traditional kitchens are very small. And we had a bar fridge for our, our fridge. That was our fridge, right? So you're trying to do this like big meal for all these people with this tiny little fridge and this tiny little kitchen. And I was kind of rushing and I put the turkey in and then I had to make the pumpkin pie and the pumpkin pie tasted delicious, I've got to say, but mm -hmm. it had um, a lot of strings in it. Okay. <laughs> kind of like dental floss from... I was just going to say instant floss, so it's okay. You get to floss your teeth after. <laughs> and the, 
the turkey, I did hide it from my guests at the time, but I had forgotten to take out the giblets in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> so I cooked it all in there. <laughs> and then when I, took it out and I was starting to cover it. I'm like, what the hell is that? <gasps> I had to like take it all out and kind of hide it so nobody could see. And I think a few people saw and kind of laughed at me. And so at the end of the meal, I made all of my friends go around and see what they were thankful for. And, you know, a lot of them were very gracious and were like, oh, you know, I'm thankful for having Nicole teach us what Thanksgiving is, blah, blah, blah. And I had one very honest guest who was like, I'm thankful I will never have to, because I made them all eat pumpkin pie, I made them all try it. And it's like, I'm thankful I don't have to eat another bite of that pumpkin pie. <laughs> yeah, a kitchen confession. Ooh, I was making a cheesecake for somebody. Uh-huh. <laughs> and instead of putting the sugar, oh, George picked up the wrong container red salt. <laughs> I put the salt in. Uh, so I bring it over to, I, would think, I think it was Thanksgiving like last year. And this is when I really noticed I had eye problems. Uh, somebody took the first bite and they were chewing it. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, like, what's wrong? And they spit out the, the cheesecake. And, and I'm like, I, and right then and there, I'm like, I put salt <laughs> instead of the sugar in the cheesecake. I mean, I'm laughing because I've done it. Yeah, I've done it. But what's even funnier is every single guest shares a Thanksgiving fail. Yeah, I would say probably 80%. It's a Thanksgiving issue. Oh, I was so embarrassed. I I was like melting in my seat, right? Isn't that the worst? You can feel the heat rush right to the top of your head. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, and I I made not one cake. There was four cakes I made that day. Four cheesecakes. (laughs) I'm Mary Mamaliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, for our last episode, we're looking back on the most memorable confessions from chefs, home cooks, cookbook authors, and foodie friends. I ask every single guest to share a little kitchen confession with us. Do you have one to share? (laughs) What level of kitchen confession are you looking for? Goodness. I love that it started with a laugh. (laughs) Hmm. Um, Well, I've sure enough had lots of disasters because I have... I mean, that's part of what I do when I'm developing recipes. I want to have the messes, um, which whenever you see me write a recipe that says, put the pan onto a baking tray, it's probably because I didn't do it the first time around and had to clean, scrape cake batter out of the bottom of my oven. Um, I think people might be surprised at the playlists I choose when I'm baking, depending on what I'm making. So if I'm making breads, uh, that take, you know, the, the slow fermentation, the gentle kneading, repetitive motion. I, I go into, I get, get, I play more conventional, relaxing, chill playlists. Um, but when I'm getting into serious cake decorating, uh, lots of detail work, uh-huh. I have to play EDM, like total no dance way. music, Ibiza, like, and, and because I think it's the beat. And so when I need precision, I need that that beat to sort of pipe, pipe, pipe. <laughs> you need to get I, and, a deal with Spotify and just come up with your own playlists. Anna's cooking <laughs> playlists. <laughs> yes. Well, it does change, you know, and then I'll switch to Paris Musette when I'm making pastries and tarts and French things. So, yeah, I, I go all over the place. I know exactly what to get from very specific supermarkets, Korean supermarkets in terms of size, so I don't have to make it really badly. Um, and so 
when I have people over, I do a very specific thing. You know, I'll lay out the side dishes and then I will point out the fact that, you know, I made the side dish, but I will, I'll never say I only made this one at the table. (laughs) I'll just say very, and I'll say it very fast. I made the side dish uh, here. And then I would sweep my hand over very, very quickly over all the side dishes. As I say, I made the side dish when I just made one of them. Um, And they're like, how did we not meet before? (laughs) And they'll be like, oh my God, your the side dishes are so good. And I'd say, yeah, they're amazing. Thank you very much. But, but if they say, (laughs) but if they say, but if they say, wow, that side dish is really good that I didn't make, I would, I would usually not comment on it. I would act very, very, you know, coy and humble. But if they say, wow, the side dishes are really good. I would say in my mind, yeah, they're amazing. And thank you very much. Meaning, meaning, yeah, they're very good. Although I didn't make it myself, but I would never say that part. Okay. Here's a kitchen confession. And this is really, I don't know how bad this is, but it is what it is. I really don't wash a lot of my produce. (laughs) No, I don't want Frank to hear this because I watch everything. I know I I do more now, but I don't. And I think like if you eat a little bit of dirt, you're just going to get, I don't know if they want you to put this in. I, I think you're going to get, it's going to help your immune system. Like call me old school. I don't know. All I know is that now I'm going to start washing fruit whenever I come by. <laughs> I know. Fruit, I would wash. Fruit, I would wash. I don't know. I've seen some weird videos of the fruits. I once made beef stroganoff for my family. And my sister, who's, uh, she's hilarious. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's white gravy. This is disgusting. And my mom was like, what are you making? And my dad, he never said anything. So my mom and my sister did not like it. They didn't. And it's funny because we ate mushrooms and beef. It wasn't like it was like too far off the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, I think it was the the white thing that really threw them. Anyway, I thought, oh my gosh, at least my dad likes it. And he put his fork and knife down on his plate, you know, to signal he'd finished. And he goes, he looks at me. And my dad was very, very supportive. And I was waiting for this wonderful thing. He said, never make that again. Anyway, so. (laughs) I never did. (laughs) I've never made beef stroganoff taste. I was auctioned off at Toronto Taste. Taste Toronto or whatever it was. I was auctioned off for a bunch of money. And uh, this gentleman who, who who bought it, it's like a dinner with me at the showroom for eight guests. So I, I bought Wagyu and I bought scallops and I had really, really crab. I had really, really expensive ingredients. I believe I had caviar and truffles too. So I, I was going all out. There is one part of the demo where I'm making a chimichurri and I'm chopping and not looking. But a lot of people that watch me cook, I'm often not looking because I'm talking to the camera or I'm looking away. But we know when we, we make a claw, it's important to keep that pinky finger and that thumb tucked behind. With the parsley, you tend to want to kind of pinch it and that thumb kind of sticks out, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the thumb, instead of me sticking to the claw, but I also thought I was hot, shit, you know? I'm like, this exact. <laughs> I like, love that you're saying this. Okay, yeah, go. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I've been on like a serious path these years of like humility and stuff like that. And, and, and in many ways, I'm a different person. But back then, like mid 20, like 20, 2014, whatever it was, I thought I was hot. Shit. I got executive chef on my chest. I'm in this fancy showroom. It's like, it's so expensive. These people are here coming to eat my food and I'm there chopping away. And I think the knife was a bit dull as well. But anyways, I'm chopping, chopping, chopping and boom. 
cut off the the top of my thumb. And I mean, it, it wasn't terrible. I cut that that little flap there clean off, right? Like clean off this this piece there. And the problem with that, right at the tip, Ooh. yeah, right 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 on the side. But when it started bleeding, it didn't stop. Good God! So I'm chopping, 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 and boom! I kind of felt the nail and stuff too, right? So I felt it, and I was like, I was like, oh God! And then someone watching me, I think it was the wife of the of the man. She's like, she knew something was wrong. I think, right? So I'm like, hey, I'll be right back. I got to run to the back. I go to the back. One of the servers comes. She said, what's wrong? I'm like, I cut my finger. She's like, oh sh. I'm like, where are the black gloves? There are no black gloves. So I'm back there for like ten minutes. We came out. We couldn't use that parsley that I was chopping for the chimichurri. I guess it was for a steak. Um, and I had a black towel pressed on my thumb and then I pressed it with my fingers and I wrapped it around and clamped it. So I walked out with like a towel, a black towel where you couldn't see the blood. Uh, eventually towards the end of the demonstration, I was actually like done a lot of it by then it stopped bleeding and I was able to like wash my hand and take that off. But I was hurt though. You know, like my, my, like my finger was hurt. My ego was hurt. Which hurt more the finger or the ego? Oh, the ego. I could have cut my thumb clean off and then my ego would have hurt more. I was sleeping one day and I had a dream that I was cooking on the line and I was, you know, calling back to the chef and I was moving pans and my husband woke up the next day and he's like, do you even know what you did last night? And I was like, no, what? He's like, your okay, your hands were moving all over the place in your sleep. You looked like you were boxing. You were calling out <laughs> yes, chef, in your sleep, and you almost punched no me in the way. face. <laughs> no way. So I was having a full-on service in my dreams and acting it out while I was sleeping and almost gave him a black eye. It was great. <laughs> and I think, you know you're exhausted yeah, when. <laughs> and I think every every cook goes through those nightmares where like you just constantly hear the chip machine like you have that chef right here on your shoulder (laughs) i do have a holiday turkey kitchen confession oh please share right after thanksgiving i thought i was being so clever and on the ball for grabbing up a uh, an on-sale turkey and uh, i had plans to cook it up and use it in a bunch of recipes you know some turkey stew and some turkey sandwiches and all that kind of stuff. Uh, got home, put it in a bowl uh, to start thawing, and um, you know, promptly forgot about it. So <laughs> I, I woke up the next day, and all I hear is "No!" Is <laughs> Steph downstairs? She's up earlier than I am usually. Uh, discovers that the turkey has been left out overnight, and of course, you do the you do the thing every time, even though you know instantly it's bad, it's done. Throw it in the garbage. I'm like googling like food safety, and okay, if it was this frozen and this weight, is there any way it could still be no? Botulism. Throw in the garbage. <laughs> Did you do the sniff test? I usually do that one too, and it's like I know it's bad. Like I know it is. No, but I like... didn't do the sniff test because oh, even if it's not off already, it has started growing things that could seriously correct. Correct, kill but for you, some so... reason, in my mind, I think do the sniff <laughs> test. Do the sniff test. I even, you know what else I did? I, I am a little ashamed of, of this, but I googled to see if it would whether or not it would still be okay for the dog. <laughs> like maybe if at least i can give the dog some turkey is and no don't don't poison your dog just throw it out so i very sadly took it out to the garage and sadly dumped it in the bin 
Okay, uh, Mary, last but not least, what is your kitchen confession? This time, I was prepared for you. Because I know I am never prepared for this question. I always ask everyone. Now I got you. (laughs) I got it. Yeah, Mary Um, likes to pretend like she's never made a mistake in the kitchen. (laughs) So this one, well prepared. I have been recipe testing air fried donuts in an air fryer. I have made three batches of it. None have worked out. (laughs) None. Two in one day. I made, which was absolutely hilarious because Frank said, so are we ever going to eat these donuts? (laughs) First batch, I made it all the way through. Air fried them. I'm like, oh, this is working. They were extremely dense and not in a good way. Not like the cake donut. And not in a good, yeah, cake donut, you know, Dunkin' (laughs) Donuts kind of way. No, no, because I love a cake donut, but not this. This was, this was probably a paperweight. Ooh. Like dense. Yeah, I still ate one, but it was a paperweight. <laughs> then I tried a second batch, and the second one did not rise. I thought, okay, maybe let me switch up the flour combo. Did not rise. Then I thought it was being smart and using bread flour. <laughs> <laughs> On the third batch, nope, that was not good. Let's just say I am going to try a fourth one sometime soon. <laughs> Because I'm dying to get this down pat. That's my kitchen confession. So I do have fails, and sometimes they are epic. And and then and then after how many batches do you think it, you're just going to admit that frying them in oil is is the way to go? It's the only way to go. Yeah. Needless to say, I had such a craving for donuts after that I asked Frank if we can go to Krispy Kreme. <laughs> no. <laughs> just go to the source where they do it right. I'm like, I just need a Krispy Kreme right now. <laughs> and there you have it folks the final episode of the kitchen confession podcast has come to a close but don't you worry the culinary adventures and kitchen confessions will always live on in our hearts and appetites we've laughed we've cringed and we've definitely worked up an appetite for more from all of us here on the podcast we want to extend the warmest thank you to all our listeners who have joined us on this delectable journey since that very first episode back in 2018. Your stories, your chuckles, and your shared experiences have made this podcast truly special. Remember, no kitchen mishap is too small, no recipe is too complex, and no confession is too embarrassing. That's what makes the kitchen the heart of the home. While this may be the end of the Kitchen Confession podcast, it's not goodbye. Keep experimenting, keep sharing, and keep those stovetops fired up. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll meet again in some culinary corner of the internet. Until then, if you're still hungry for more, subscribe to the podcast and binge our entire catalog of interviews. Or visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Kitchen Confession Podcast was produced by me, Mary Mamalidi, and Matt Agnew. Thank you all so very much for listening. <laughs>